Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason back in the building. Your friend, your brother. Yes, indeed, the voice of reason. Always on hot monkey lava here at KBLA, live from Lamert Park, still on high from Juneteenth. I feel like giving away something. I, I feel generous. Listen, if you are one of the first two callers. Well, if you're the second caller, to be exact. If you're the second caller to call in right now, 1-800-920-1580, 1-800-920-1580. If you're the second caller right now, you win a KBLA Talk 1580 swag bag, an entrance into our exclusive party. Listen, swag bags are available right now for caller number two. Caller number two, can you call me right, right now? The number to dial, 1-800-920-1580. Issue of domestic violence. It is Awareness Month, and it impacts all communities. However, studies show black women are impacted at a higher rate than any other race or ethnicity. The Institute of Women's Policy Research shows some 31% of all women will experience domestic violence. For black women, that statistic more than 40%. One Knoxville woman shares her story of survival with tennis reporter Jacinta Render. Jacinta? John, unfortunately, each year in the United States, 10 million people are estimated to experience domestic violence. I talked with one survivor who shared her story, hoping to inspire others to get out just like she did. You know, I'm here today to say I survived it. Over 10 years ago, Tiffany got out of what she says was an abusive marriage. I experienced domestic violence, the mental and the physical abuse. The mother of three kids says the relationship did not start out that way. He spoiled me, he romanced me, he took care of me. The marriage took a turn for the worse during a hard time in her life. I can say right after my mother passed in 2006, everything started going left. Uh, he started changing. Um, at that time, we was probably in a marriage for five or six years. Tiffany is not alone. Four in ten black women will experience some form of abuse. The Family Justice Center says they've seen the impacts locally. We're definitely seeing a more a higher than representative percentage of the victims who come here for services are part of the black community. There are several factors that contribute. Research shows black women are less likely to turn in an abusive partner to law enforcement. Tiffany says after being married for eight years, enough was enough. With help from the Family Justice Center, she is now a survivor. Justice Center really helped me a whole lot, but I can say I'm stronger than I was before. Tiffany hopes her story can inspire all women who are dealing with domestic violence to get help. Young girls, older, whatever the case may be, you're not by yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a doozy tonight. It is. We got to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about it. You know, but I'm going to talk about it. I don't have any fear. I have been abused and I've been abusive. Lay it on the table. You know? I didn't treat 
the, the mother of my two oldest children, right? I didn't treat the mother of my youngest son right. You know, I've been psychologically abused. And that abusive lifestyle, how I was raised in Alden Park projects, became my normal. Until I started to realize that my spirit is larger than my circumstance. We got to have this conversation. I'm sorry. It's too much going on in the world right now with black folk for us to not deal with this. Now, I already see the brothers in the chat room saying women are violent towards men, too. This is a fact. But also. Women are not violent towards men at the rate men are violent towards women. Let's just keep that in your back pocket. This is not about blaming. This is not about shaming. This is about educating ourselves on what's going on in our community. More than 40 percent, four out of four out of every 10 black women you meet will you know, have experienced intimate partner physical violence, intimate partner sexual violence, and or intimate partner stalking in their lives. 40% brothers. Abuse in the black community due to systemic racism, which affects our social structures as well as our policies, both black women and men experience domestic violence at higher rates than other communities. In fact, 45.1% of black women experienced physical violence, sexual violence, and stalking from their intimate partner, while 40.1% of black men experienced those abuses. On average, let me, but I don't even want to go even, uh, forget the stats. Let me give you the topic. To what extent has the image of Ike Turner, the renowned entertainer and musician, evolved into that of a, a mystical yet silent hero among modern-day black men? You see the meme everywhere. You see the Ike Turner meme everywhere. Right? Let's be honest. We make a joke out of everything. We make everything funny. You see that Ike Turner meme everywhere. But Ike Turner is but one of the images we have apothesized. Apotheosis, to, ri to raise to a God level. No disrespect to my brother Snoop, but let's look at the content of the music. No disrespect to my brother uh E E40, but let's look at the content of the music. No disrespect to my brother uh, uh, Todd, uh, too short, but let's look at the content of the music. No disrespect to Jay-Z, but let's look at the content of the music. No disrespect to 50. I love 50. He's one of my favorites. I, I pick 50 over Jay-Z. But let me say, let's look at the content of the music. Right? Let's talk about the toxicity in the society that has raised, in my opinion, a, a, a dysfunction, a, 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 dis, 
a dysfunctioning, a dysfunctional uh, environment. And we expect to have happily ever after in our relationships. And I, I think it's very difficult to do that unless, right, right, unless we address what I've been talking about for a year and some change now, that shadow work. Yes, there's a social shadow, but there's also a cultural shadow, a, a, a familial shadow, and then a personal shadow. Woo, how has... Ike Turner's legacy impacted the perception of him as a hero among modern day black men. Eat the cake anime. We all laugh about it, right? When it comes to domestic violence within intimate relationships, do black women really have nothing to fear from black men? Can we be honest? I want brothers to call in tonight. And share that with me. And listen, everybody wants to get on the radio show and share their opinion as if their opinion is the standard. No, your opinion is not the standard. So somebody going to call and be like, I'm a good man. I take care of my wife. I beat up anybody that disrespect. Yes, brother. Thank you. Blessings to you and yours. But when we're looking at those numbers, 45.1% of black women have been stalked, beaten, Verbally abused, emotionally abused, psychologically abused in their relationships. And then the reverse, 40.1% of black men have experienced the same. I'm saying we're doing it to each other, right? Then we look at the young brother, uh, uh, John Morant, and we'll condemn John Morant for being a product of what this society created. Back to Krishnamurti, it is no measure of health to be fully integrated into a sick society. This is what society produces in our community, right? Let's just be honest. Let's go deeper. How does systematic racism, oppression, and discrimination impact black relationships? And what are the resulting effects on individuals and communities? How do we relate to each other after we have ingested systematic racism, systematic oppression, systematic redlining, systematic discrimination, right? How, when you ingest that, how are you supposed to have date night? And I'm not, listen, I'm not making any excuses for anybody because self-healing and, and self-help starts with self, right? Black people want to heal their relationships. They got to heal themselves first. And I know it's starting to get cliche because people didn't know what to say 15 years ago. Now, all of a sudden, relationship is a mirror. Now, all of a sudden, you get what you are. You wasn't saying that 10 years ago. You just wasn't. <laughs> okay. But I, I, let's, let's really put the work in tonight. And I want to hear from some responsible brothers who may be able to lay out a blueprint for how we become, listen to what I'm about to say now. Instead of just talking heads, we become cultural mentors. Hmm? Sometimes you're a cultural mentor when you walk out on the block and you give a word to a young kid that you can tell is going in the wrong direction. Can a couple recover 
from common couple violence or IPV, intimate partner violence? Should they even attempt to recover? Hmm? True or false, a woman should never be physically abusive towards a man. Agree or disagree, a man should never be physically abusive towards a woman. Agree or disagree, a woman who is physically abusive towards a man is asking to be abused. 1-800-920-1580. Somebody get to your phone lines. I need to talk to folk because I know people are going through this right now and I know people are afraid to talk about it. What are the necessary steps and circumstances involved in achieving overall healing and recovery from a domestic violence incident, right, within an intimate relationship? How can we address the issue of violence and discrimination against black women, particularly in the context of misogyny? Which is the intersection of racism and sexism. Y'all want to have a real conversation or do y'all want entertainment? I'm, I, listen, yeah, we have fun on the voice of reason. But you are entertainment addicts. Have you noticed how much time you spend on your phone looking at nothing? Have you noticed how much time you waste thinking about nothing? Well, tonight we need to think about something. When I come forward, the voice of reason is opening the phone lines because I want us to have a town hall meeting about images like Ike Turner. The content we pour into the community that is actually affecting our ability to relate. Reasons. Reasons. The reasons that we're here, the reasons that we fear, our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 50. Conflict in intimate relationships. And one of the points we made is that conflict in intimate relationships is inevitable. If you are interdependent with somebody, you are going to have conflict with them. Inevitable. It has to happen. It's a function of interdependence. Today we're going to talk about violence between intimate partners. Something called intimate partner violence, or IPV. IPV is not inevitable. IPV does not follow naturally from interdependence. There's nothing about interdependence that demands that we, have, that we see or witness violence between people who love each other. Nothing inevitable about that at all. It's not inevitable, but what it is is distressingly prevalent. Let's start with some facts. One to four million women are assaulted by a male partner every year, and that's in the United States only. Now you might say, hey, Dr. Carney, one to four million, that's a big range. You can't settle on a number in there? No, you can't, and why not? Because this is not an event that is reported very accurately or widely. So these are estimates based on the best available data, and the best available data is often not very good, because even when an assault is reported and the cops come and say, okay, we heard that you were in trouble here. Sometimes then people say, couples will say, oh, sorry, nothing. That's just a mistake. Please, please go away. 
So our estimates are rough. Still, that's a lot of people to be physically assaulted by their partners. Boyfriends, husbands, roommates. Now, here's another statistic. In general, women are less likely than men to be victims of a crime. Okay, they're, they're less likely than men to be, to be uh, you know, shot in a gangland killing, to be in a, in a bar fight, to be a victim of a lot of different crimes. But when the crime is relationship violence, women are five to eight times more likely than men to be victims. That's not going to be a surprise to you. But it's just such a huge difference. Again, violence by an intimate partner accounts for 21% of all violence against women. Only 2% of violence against men. So this problem of intimate partner violence is not a problem that impacts men and women to the same degree. What we're talking about is something that is hurting and killing women a lot more than it's hurting and killing men. Men, only 2% of all violence against men is committed by their partners. So if you're a man and you're in a relationship, and you th unless you're a nervous guy, you're thinking, hmm, I wonder where violence in my life is going to come from, chances are it's not going to come from your partner. <laughs> if, you, if you don't know who that is talking, allow me to introduce him to you. This is a guy I've been following for years. And by the way, that clip, is 13 years old. So I'm sure the stats have shifted since then. But the guy that's talking, right? This is Professor Carney. Benjamin Carney, who, a PhD, who is a professor at the University of California, Los Angeles, a.k.a. UCLA. Right? For the past 25 years, Dr. Dr. Carney has been studying change and stability in intimate relationships, especially in the early years of marriage. Right? His research is focused on the ways that stress external to a couple can facilitate or constrain cognitive and behavioral processes of the relationship or of relationship maintenance. In other words, you're going to be stressed and it's going to be difficult to maintain the relationship. His research relies on longitudinal data, repeated measures, multi-level modeling, and observational coding of couple interactions. To address these issues, his ongoing longitudinal research is examining lat. Uh, Latinx, black, and white newlywed couples, Latinx, black, white, and newlywed couples uh, from low-income neighborhoods. I, I just need you guys to understand, like, a lot of us have some misnomers about domestic violence. Well, it's since OJ. OJ shifted the whole paradigm, right? Most people don't know that Domestic violence has tears. And some tears you can still recover your relationship from. Right? But then there's a tear where it is like the event horizon of a black hole. Once you cross it, boom. It's over. Yo, we about to get deep. 
And the reason why is because when I look at brothers in our community, when I look at sisters in our community, we're at the bottom of every statistic, right? Every measurable statistic, we're at the bottom. So what does that say about dysfunction in our relationships? Oh, Lord, when I come forward, I'm going to the phone lines. I got more questions. I got more facts. We on fire tonight. Get ready. Down in New Orleans, but I never saw the good side of the city until I hit the ride on the riverboat queen. Big wheel, keep on turning. Oh, the primary keep on Fire tonight. tonight. It's the voice of reason with Zoe Williams exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to the voice of reason with Zoe Williams only on KBLA Talk 1580. He's stone cold dead in the market. He's stone cold dead in the market. He's stone cold dead in the market. I killed nobody but me husband. Last night I went out drinking. When I came home I gave her a beating. So she caught up the rolling pin and went to work on my head till she washed it in. I like cold dead in the market. Stone cold dead in the market. I like cold dead in the market. She killed nobody but her husband. I lick him with the pot on the frying pan. I lick him with the pot on the frying pan. I lick him with the pot on the frying pan. And if I kill him, he had it coming. If you're a woman, you can't say that with the same certainty. And finally, according to the United States Department of Justice, 33%, that's one out of three, one-third of all women who are murdered, one-third of all murders against women are committed by that woman's intimate partner. One out of three. That's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. And if we started Wednesday's lecture by talking about how puzzling and mysterious it is that people who love each other sometimes have knock-down, drag-out arguments. If it's puzzling to us that people who love each other should sometimes call each other bad names or raise their voices in anger, how much more puzzling, how much more disturbing, how much more unfathomable is it that sometimes people who claim to love each other should physically strike each other, should physically harm each other, should occasionally kill each other. Well, that's the mystery. And uh, it's a disturbing mystery. And to begin to unravel it, and I don't think in the 70 minutes that we have that I can do justice to fully unraveling it, but to make a stab at it, to give you some framework for understanding this most puzzling and distressing phenomenon. We must first clear up a few myths. 
Because there's a lot of misinformation about this phenomenon of intimate partner violence. And if I do nothing else today, the goal of this lecture is to clarify so that you can go out and say, well, at least I know what the facts are. So let's clear up a few myths. And one of the myths, obviously, we've just cleared up, which is the idea that intimate partner violence, IPV stands for intimate partner violence, is rare. Now, <clears throat> until the last couple decades, that was the assumption. And it was, that was the assumption behind the fact that intimate partner violence wasn't discussed a lot. It wasn't discussed as a major issue because people thought, well, it doesn't happen very much. It doesn't require a lot of social policy or government intervention or money because it's got to be rare. Only a psychopath, only a, a drooling, slobbering psychopath would hit his intimate partner. It only is going to happen in these crazy, extreme relationships. And if that's so, then it's totally irrelevant. I'm not going to give it all to you. We're going to play Benjamin Carney throughout the remainder of the show. Professor Benjamin Carney throughout the remainder of the show because it's important that we get a better understanding. So many of us are on autopilot in our relationships. Listen, it was the birth of my daughter that began my healing process. I didn't res always respect women. I was too mad at my mama for stuff she didn't have control over. Right? I was too wounded by how I was raised. So who did I blame? I blamed my mama. And I carry that blame into my intimate relationships. See, what you're not going to get is somebody fronting like they perfect. That's what you're not going to get. Do you understand? It's a lot of folk out here that, that sound like they got it together. But when you get behind the scenes of their real life, you're going to see that they're just words. Listen, man. I got a daughter. And I love her to pieces. I only got one daughter. I love her to pieces. I will slap Satan upside his dome piece. Listen for her. And it was her. She instilled into me something magical about women. Right? I need y'all to understand. I need y'all to listen. Here are some warning signs to look out for, ladies. If a man might be dangerous, if a man might be problematic, huh? Everybody talk about, oh, they, they picked the wrong people. No, people's wounds pick each other. People's unhealed trauma pick each other. Y'all really think you're spiritually savvy enough to pick the right partner? You're not. I'm here to tell you, you're not. 99.999% of most of you are not savvy enough spiritually to pick the quote-unquote right person. Your wounds are picking. That's who's picking 99.99999% of the time. You are egoic, you are arrogant, and it is those wounds that are in control, not you. So sisters... If you notice a man that has controlling behavior, a man who tries to control your actions, thoughts, or feelings, 
that may be a warning sign that he dangerous. A man that's jealous, right? A man who displays excessive jealousy or possessiveness may be a warning sign of an intimate terrorist. I told you there's three levels, yo. There's common couple violence, intimate partner violence, which are usually interchangeable, and then there's intimate terrorism, right? Aggression. A man who displays aggressive behavior, such as yelling, hitting, or throwing things, may be a warning sign of intimate terrorism. Blaming. Lack of personal accountability. Lack of personal responsibility. A man who blames his woman for his problems or mistakes may be a warning sign of intimate terrorism. See, I know the brothers feel like I'm jumping on y'all. Trust me, I'm a bi-directional thinker. Trust me now, but this topic is for us. Because who told that brother, what was his name, YK Osiris or whatever his name is, who told a boy to go kiss the girl in the mouth just because she make raunchy music? Y'all heard about that, right? Huh? The, the, the raunchy music lady. Well, I guess because she makes raunchy music. Sukiyana, right? Well, you know, I guess. I, she, she put herself out there. Now, that was an invitation for me. No, it's not. You poorly raised, brother. Do you understand? Aggression. A man who displays aggressive behavior such as yelling, hitting, or throwing things may be a warning sign of an intimate terrorist. Blaming. A man who blames his woman for his mistakes will be, that's a warning sign of intimate terrorism. Isolation. A man who tries to isolate you from your friends, family, or support network may be a warning sign of intimate terrorism. I'm just talking about what we do, brothers. I'm on the ground with you. I'm talking about what we do, brothers. If we real men, we're going we gonna to call out the brothers that are on that mess, right? When I come forward, I'm going to the phone lines. I'm turned up. Let's go. Is it good to you? Good to you? More Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward. Come forward. You want some more? More. It's the voice of reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 1580. Hey, yo, I don't even know you when I hate you. See, all I know is that my girlfriend used to date you. How would you feel if she held you down and you? Tried and tried, but she never could escape you. She was in love, and I'd ask her how. I mean, why? What kind of love from a would black your eye? What kind of love from a every night make you cry? What kind of love from a make you wish he would? I mean, sh bought you things and gave you diamond rings, but them things wasn't worth none of the pain that he brings, and you stayed. What made you fall for him? ...to most of our experience. So we don't have to talk about it. But that changed in the late part of the 20th century, around the 1980s. And this, is one, this study by Strauss and his colleagues in 1980 was one of the first studies that started to break this open. And Strauss simply did a national survey 
a random representative sample of 2,100 adults, but 2,100 regularly sampled adults. So they didn't sample from prisons. They didn't sample from mental wards. He sampled regular adults. And he gave them an instrument called the Conflict Tactics Survey, abbreviated to the CTS. And this survey starts like this. It says, you know, in relationships, people occasionally have arguments, and sometimes those arguments get heated. Here's a list of behaviors that sometimes couples exchange when they're having an argument. And I'd like to ask you to indicate which of these behaviors you've, you personally, you personally, have engaged in in the last six months or so. And the behaviors are structured in a kind of interesting way. The first behavior is talked it out calmly. And the next one is, I forgot the next one, it's like, you know, uh, talked about it with heated voices. And each behavior is ranked, so it gets a little more extreme as you go down the list. After the first three, which are kind of all calm, nice things to do, you start getting to a, a set of behaviors that are, that are classified as psychological aggression. Things like, I walked out, I sulked, I cried, I got angry at my partner. Those kind of psychological things. So then after nine items of this, of this conflict tactic survey, the first three of which are all kind of nice communications, the next six or seven of which are psychological hostile conflict things that we were talking about last time, then it gets to the first physical behavior. Like throwing something at my partner. And the next one, I have a list of them in a moment, and it gets more and more extreme. The next one is like, I slap my partner, I hit my partner with a fist, I attack my partner, I, hit my, I attack my partner with a knife or a weapon, I beat up my partner. So by the time you get to the bottom, it's not that you get different answers than if you had just said from the very beginning, when's the last time you beat up your partner? You sort of built up to it. And Strauss wanted to know, well, how many people will admit, when you ask them about their own behavior, how many people will admit, yeah, I've hit my partner. I've hit my intimate partner. And the answer shocked a lot of people. 12% of husbands admitted to engaging in some kind of physical act. That means 12% of husbands said to some kind of physical behavior or from the weakest to the most extreme, he just lumped them all together and, said, and found that one in 10, over one in 10 in the United States? Well, that was astounding. I mean, something that accounts for, I'm thinking of how many people in this room. One in 10, that's not a rare or extreme behavior. That's something that's a major part of people's lives if one in 10 people are engaging in it. And that has to be an underestimate. Because you're- <laughs> Benjamin Carney from UCLA is cooking. Welcome back to the Voice of Reason. We turned up tonight, tonight's topic. I mean, look at, look at the tapestry I'm painting from Krishnamurti. It is no measure of health to be fully integrated into a sick society to racism, discrimination, the systemic issues that we face that produce the fertile environment for dysfunctional interactions, which leads me to tonight's topic. Are many black men 
becoming Ike Turner towards black women. But it ain't just Ike Turner. Man, listen, man. It's a lot of brothers we look up to. Come on now. It ain't just Ike Turner now. Come on. Let's just come on. Come on, y'all. It ain't just Ike. Ike is not an anomaly. Nobody wanted to talk about it, but let's talk. Jim Brown had issues with it, and I respect Jim Brown and the work he's done for the community. My 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 big brother Bobby took me and my son to see Jim Brown. But Jim Brown had a pass. Hell, we all got a pass. I got a pass. Now what? Hmm? Now what? I'm here to tell y'all, man. Everybody, everybody is walking on eggshells in their own spirit. We want people to act right. We want people to show up right. We want people to do right. But you've heard me say it. We haven't done right by ourselves. So how do we create a hedge of protection for women in our community when we haven't created a hedge of protection for our own space to heal? Andy walked in here and said something that was quite profound. Andy said, yo. What if you and Arabia was arguing and it got to to the point? Arabia, ladies and gentlemen, is my intern. What if you and Arabia got into it and I came in and, and Arabia is is a love interest of mine and she's just working for you. And y'all was getting too heated and it was getting disrespectful. And the inner man in him said, hey, let me get in there and stop this mess. And if I got to handle mines, I'm going to handle mines with Zoe straight up. What if that happened? And he said, and what if I took an L? I knuckled up and took an L. And then Arabia loses respect for me. I said, first off, it was your DNA that called you to go protect. See, many men will put more emphasis on providing than they do protecting. Women. I'm talking about women. See, this is why men work so hard to get money, because to them, money is an extension of power and control over women. That's how many men think. Now, are we going to tell the truth tonight? Are we, what, what, what are we doing? Right. Power. I have to be able to control her because I haven't been able to control me. So if I get the money and I can fulfill all her wishes and desires, she got to do what I say. That's many men, right? I said, man, that's your inner DNA. And I said, we're not going to call it DNA no more. When men protect women, it's called DNA. That's when your manhood steps up. And we live in a society today that has turned protecting women into simping. Oh, he just a simp. He trying to get sex from her. He trying to get with her. He trying to win her favor. No. The million billion euro genetic strand in me that says I'm a man made me stand up and protect a woman who was in distress. He and a not DNA. Huh? I know brothers don't want to hear it tonight. 
But if we're having a real conversation, do we not glorify many men? We glorified the Shaft, or, or well, not Shaft. Uh, we did glorify Shaft. We glorified the Mac. We glorified Dolomite. No disrespect. No disrespect. We glorify all of the misogynistic characters and entertainers. We we glorify them, don't we? Don't we want to be like them? Because they got money and they got power over women, right? That's why many men love Prince. Because they believe Prince had control over the women. Yes or no? 1-800-9-2015. Zoe's on fire tonight. I wanted to bring this topic, man. I wanted to bring this topic to the forefront. Brothers, when I come forward, I promise y'all, I'm going to get on the phone lines. We got Oakland. We got Cleveland. We got Atlanta. We got Dallas, Texas. The number to dollars is 1-800-920-1580. 1-800-920-1580. Brothers, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to stand up tonight because there's this rash. The young 22-year-old sister who was pregnant, brothers just ran out into the street and shot her and killed her. They said they they, they said uh, the last time I checked, I'm not sure. Arabia pull it up for me. The last time I checked, they said they saved the baby, but the baby was in critical condition. Who goes after a woman with assault rifles? She's 22 and pregnant, huh? Y'all remember uh, the the Carolina Panthers, Ray Carruth? Y'all remember? How do you hate a woman so much, brother? Because she turned you down? Oh, Lord, when I come forward, phone calls, let's go. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica. At Dodger Stadium on June 23rd through 25th as the Dodgers battle it out with the Houston Astros. For tickets, visit Dodgers.com slash tickets. It's our anniversary. Every weekday during the month of June, we're giving away gear from the KBLA.store to say thank you for your support of KBLA Talk 1580 as we celebrate our second anniversary. Each weekday, a different host will be giving away fresh merch to one lucky caller. All you have to do is keep it locked to KBLA Talk 1580 throughout the day, and our host will tell you when to dial in and when. It's our way of showing appreciation to you for helping make KBLA Talk 1580 the most trusted, credible, and reliable source of information for listeners just like you. Here's hoping you'll be one of our lucky winners. But you can always head over to the KBLA.store anytime for the best in KBLA Talk 1580 gear for yourself and great gift ideas. Now, celebrating two years of being your go-to for KBLA Talk 1580, and we've got your black. I'm Zoe Williams, the voice of reason. If your relationship is in trouble, I'm the dude to call. Has your soulmate become your cellmate? Does black love still exist? What are your bedroom turnoffs? and fetishes. Financial infidelity. I'm dating a fat person. Are they worth the wait? Trust me, this is going to be crazy. How about the heavy stuff? The child wasn't his, and he still had to pay child support. It's a very heated topic. I was that right. Mama's baby, daddy's maybe. I just have so many questions I want to ask you. I just like to kiss you. There's something wrong with that. Damn. <laughs> he told me he had a vasectomy. I'm pregnant. Betrayal has been committed. Hit you with a bad patch routine. How does he maintain his humpocity? He likes it when it pisses. Why can't you open up, brother? I'm a karate man. Karate man rules on the inside. They don't show their weaknesses. Yeah. How do you write women so well? So William. Reason and accountability. 
the voice of reason. What's up? It's Tupac. Can you get away? Let me come soup you up. You know I got a man. I know you got a man, but he ain't gonna mind if I take you out. Of course he gonna mind. Take you to lunch. I had you back before he even get home. Before anybody yeah. see. Oh, come on. You don't let me. people to tell you on the phone, yeah, I, I, I hit my, my wife, sure, I slapped her, hit my wife. Well, most people, even who have done it, aren't going to tell a stranger on the phone, so that's got to be an underestimate. And people said, wow. And that was the beginning of an acknowledgement that IPV, intimate partner violence, is far from rare. It's not an extreme behavior. It's something that a lot of people are dealing with. And as it became more comfortable to talk about, as people accepted it, more people came up and said, oh, yeah. And we're able to say, intimate partner violence is a part of a lot of people's lives. It's not rare, clearly. Myth number two. Well, if it's not rare, the myth says, at least it's something that only the least happy people, only distressed relationships engage in. Okay. A lot of couples are violent with each other, are physically aggressive with each other. But you might argue, but those are going to be the really unhappy couples, right? I mean, those are going to be the absolute, distressed, worst of the worst couples. And I'd like to believe that. But it doesn't seem to be true. And the data are pretty shocking. I study newlyweds. That's what I study. I collect samples of newlywed couples. And let me tell you something, my newlywed couples, if I haven't told you before, they're happy, happy, happy. They're deeply in love, for the most part. And when I ask these deeply in love couples to fill out the CTS, the conflict tactic survey that Strauss and his colleagues developed, 50% indicate engaging in some kind of physical aggression. 50% of new newlyweds. Now, some of my newlyweds are unhappy like 2%. But the other 48% are saying, I'm happy, I'm in love, and yeah, we've engaged in some physical violence. O'Leary in 1992 shocked a lot of people by showing that intimate high rates of violence in premarital couples who then went on to get married. So this is interesting. Because my guess is that nobody's fantasy is to marry someone with whom they have physical fights. Male or female, nobody said, you know what I want to do? I want to marry <laughs> Benjamin Carney, ladies and gentlemen, UCLA professor, scientist of relationships, is absolutely cooking. Breaking down the myths 
of domestic violence. Only only toxic people fight. Wrong. Wrong. That's that's been debunked. And mind you, this 13 years ago. I got the textbook from the class, man. Come on, y'all. We're going to do this work. The Voice of Reason has returned. Hour number two, KBLA Talk 1580. I got to get some callers in here. I know I've been promising. I've got to get the callers in the building. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here comes my other co-host. Who's been on the line the longest? Sean, Oakland, California. Get in here. (laughs) Brother, this is a powerful show and a very important show and um systemic racism (laughs) i know everyone listening to this station knows systemic racism is real and the reason why is the vast majority listening to this station have experienced it and and that's there once again number one economics okay and there's no excuse for violence ever. But, you know, white folks um, don't see the correlation. There's a lot of poor white folks that have the same damn economic situation based on something different. It's just the capitalism system that they ensue on this it's a violent interaction and and it's something that is i won't say something i want to say something that uh we all have we've all been uh descendants of what chimpanzees people hate that it's true but the point is there we are violent to solve our problems but that's no excuse because we are evolved. doesn't matter if you're religious or not. Okay? Religion also teaches you that you need to treat everybody right, except people cherry-pick from religion. What I'm trying to tell you here is systemic racism on black folks puts so much stress on a human being that it's more likely... That, that you'll do something stupid in the regards of, uh, you know, lashing out. But it's no excuse. Same thing with poor white folks. But I don't think people put the two together. Because poor white folks do the same damn thing and never get the Ike Turner commercials. And I listened to everything you said. They, you know, white folks, who, who do you get? Who was the big violent white guy who who you know hurt his family by violence? Nobody. Keep thinking. Keep thinking about it. This is systemic racism. Ike Turner was a guy who did what he did, but so many more in the majority in numbers of white folks have done exactly what that dude did and have no consequences. Mm. So we have to think about this correctly because it's not right ever to put your hands on a woman if you're a man. But there are 
extenuating circumstances that you have to think about in the history. There's never an excuse, brother. Never an excuse to put your hands on a woman. But it happens. And there are those circumstances that belie the history of it. And so unless we are paying attention to it, we don't have to condemn everybody because it's not black folks only. It's actually a majority of white folks that are doing this. Man. But they don't have to feel it. I'm serious. It's no, true. No, Those I, are the numbers. I, I appreciate the insight. Thank you, brother, for calling. Sean from Oakland, California. He brought his city in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. When we come forward, more from the callers, more from the stats and facts, more from Benjamin Carney. We on fire tonight, KBLA. We got a lot to talk about. The reasons that we're here, the reasons that we fear, our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 15. You know you want some more. More. It's the Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk just isn't part of anyone's dreams, for good reason. And yet, O'Leary took a sample of couples who were engaged, and he asked them to fill out the CTS, the Conflict Tactics Survey, and he found high rates of these engaged couples saying, yeah, we have in re recently engaged in physical violence when having a fight. And then he followed them over time and found that oh, most of those couples got married. They were engaged, and they still got married, even though they were engaging in physical violence. Well, that means something's going on here. Something mysterious is going on here. Because if you aren't, and, and it's, you know, it, it may be mysterious to you or not, depending on your own experience with intimate partner violence. And I'm not assuming that 
this room is somehow immune from that experience. The myth is the idea thing that you can say, yes, we have fought, and then on the next page say, and I am very happy with this person. The question is, how can that be? How can that be? Well, what kind of fighting are we talking about here? One of, the, one of the reactions to this work was, you know what, there's a problem with the question. There's a problem with the CTS. And let me tell you, the conflict tactic survey is one of the most hated measures in all of family research. Because uh, what are the ways you can criticize the measure? Many ways. <clears throat> one way is you've only asked people about what behaviors they, they've engaged in. You haven't asked people about the impact of those behaviors. You haven't asked those, those people to talk about, you know, like, well, what, did you get bruised? Were you hospitalized? Or were you just sort of slapping each other around? You've watched uh, the television show Seinfeld. Yes? No? Seinfeld? Seinfeld? You know, Jerry Seinfeld and George and the other guy. Uh, uh, wait till we get to the next piece. Oh, my goodness, man. That's a UCLA professor, scientist of relationships, Benjamin Carney, Ph.D., and uh, he is putting on a show tonight. And I hope you guys are getting something uh, from what he's sharing. Benjamin Carney is a professor of social psychology at the University of uh, California, Los Angeles, and an adjunct behavioral scientist at the RAND Corporation. He is an expert on interpersonal relationships, especially marriage, and has done extensive research on how relationship processes and interactions are considered or, or are constrained or enhanced uh, by context, uh, by the context in which they take place. In other words, the environment. Uh, this has included research on marriages in the military funded by the Department of De Defense and currently focuses on marriages in lower income populations fueled by the National Institute of Child Health and Human Development. Uh, before I get back to the phone calls really quickly, um, Sean was saying, and I understood Sean's point. Uh, this is just a fact check real quick. Sean's point was we're human beings and humans are by definition flawed and violent. And he used the example that we come from apes. Technically speaking, we do not come from apes. It's just that we and apes share a common ancestor. So uh, that answer, we branched off. We're 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 not apes, yeah. but I'm just saying we didn't come from them. It, it, it would be crazy for them and us to be existing here at the same time, and they are our predecessors. Uh, yeah, but, but we, I understood what he was saying, though. I, I I felt the spirit of what he was saying. We have a common ancestor, but yes, and you'll hear Benjamin Carney make the same point that Sean made, which is. Violence is ubiquitous throughout human interaction. We've se we've seen babies fight, and I know y'all see those old video those videos of old people fighting in slow motion, knocking each other down with misses. We've seen that. So violence is ubiquitous within the human experience, right? So I just wanted to point it. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, and that was the point that Sean was making. I just wanted to add a little bit more context and clarity to what he was saying. Ray 
from Cleveland, Georgia. Get in here. Hey, how are you? How are you, Ray? Talk to us tonight. What do you think about tonight's topic? What are your feelings? What's going on inside? I love the speaker you got going. Uh, when I called in, it was about, you know, women on men abuse, men on women abuse. And I got a story to share well, let's hear it. Um, about a guy from Indiana. He, you know, was pinned with kids. And uh, his old lady has a, a drink, a serious drinking problem, you know, maybe close to a gallon a day of liquor drinking and uh you know she'll she'll catch him when he's not looking kind of hitting him with bottles and and he's gotten stitches a couple times and it's, it's getting really bad but he, you know if he goes then those kids are gonna suffer terribly you know and uh so he's kind of he's kind of pinned in that situation and i thought it was pretty relevant to say and something else i wanted to bring up was when i was exposed to a, a bit of domestic violence i noticed that uh one of the histories of of this woman that was abused that uh when she was telling me her story from you know four years old five years old six years old the kind of abuse that that happened of violence sexual and, and other kinds i was comparing him to some other place in you know where where else do you see high statistics where you have those kinds of offenses on on a person and it's a war zone you know mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're you're having to try to raise a family as a civilian and under pressure that only other place you see those is in war mm-hmm. and you know you have to yeah it is war and, it's uh, pts ptsd all of that is war I totally agree with you, caller. And, Ray, man, is this your first time calling in from Cleveland, Georgia? Yes, sir, it is. Hey, brother, I appreciate you for calling in and call yeah. in any time, oh. all right? Yeah, I heard about you all through uh, Cornell West, and uh, it's so cool to hear that he's running for president. That's such a warm thing for this presidential election. It's, I was so depressed about it until I heard that he was running, so— there you go. There you go. Call in anytime. You got a seat at the table. You brought Cleveland, Georgia into the building. Look, if you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. Nazarene X and Truemonger, they are on now. Let's get Nazarene. Let's go. Nazarene. Nazarene. Listen, I know we heavy tonight. But we can't yeah. be talking like we sitting at Starbucks and it's just us. It's just Already, you. <laughs> yeah, ain't no thing. <laughs> I'm with you on. Love up, man. The last uh, consideration I had, and again, man, it's just a sad situation in terms of the whole of what we're dealing with. Uh, first point is, you know, personally, and I understand where it comes from, but I never personally identify with idolizing Ike Turner as an image like that. You know what I'm saying? So... I understand a lot of people in terms, especially when we talk about music, I think the influence is more so on the so-called black exploitation, you know, pimp, player, Mac type thing. But I think the, the subtle part in terms of dealing with women um, is the Macking. you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's where it might have, you know, really penetrated our minds. Cause I don't know any brothers that really thought it was cool to lay hands on a woman for no reason. Mm-hmm. Outside of these stories that we hear with, you know what I'm saying, back in the day, how, and this is like partially back in the day, but how it was, quote unquote, you hear those stories where, you know, grandma and grandpa been together and she shot them way back in the day, but they stood together, you know, this and the third, making it almost a so-called normalized idea. That isn't necessarily healthy, but 
you know, we do have those type of things to um, kind of live with. But um, only things I was kind of going on is just basically just stand in that gap and say that to the brothers, um, one of the, one of your best friends is learning how to practice stillness and separation to an extent. Because what you don't want to do is engage in a situation where you are, again, you're losing your cool or you're acting out of character or you're allowing someone to violate uh, a level of peace that you'd like to maintain. Mm -hmm. So by all means, protect and fortify that. Don't be afraid to also bridge those gaps. If you see our sisters, you know, you know, uh, potentially on the the back end of a, a bad situation or whatnot. But I think it's always about presence and just choosing to be the type of uh, force that you want to promote. So again, if you're not about that extra smoke and nonsense, man, stand for it. You know, try to seek out peaceful resolve at all times. Sometimes you got to separate yourself, and that could be your best ally there to is. not be another statistic out here. So one love, man. I pray that the family keeps growing. Thank, Thank you, brother. Nazarene X, Atlanta, yeah. Georgia. Listen, if you want to bring your city in the building, you know the deal. All you got to do is call me, 1-800-920-1580. Let's get my brother Truemonger, Dallas, Texas. Come on. Yes, sir. Talk to me, man. What are your thoughts regarding tonight's time? <sighs> man, um. Uh, I turn it analogy. I get it, but if people based off the movie, because none of us saw what really happened, um, so it could have been exaggerated. It could have been far worse than what we saw in that movie. Um, but and it's really no excuse. I get tired of hearing. I get tired of hearing men make excuses for how they, they treat women. I don't care what they portray in their music or what characters they play on TV and whatnot. And the the day, they're still a human being. Treat them how you want to be treated. Let, let you me, don't want somebody. Let me give you an example, True. You know I like to go back and forth mm -hmm. with you. Right. You hit with the city girls, right? Yeah, I'm familiar. All right. So everybody, I done seen memes of people dragging them. Basically mm -hmm. saying, you came out with this Tatiana culture in your music, but y'all trying to get wifed up. Y'all living the lifestyle of wives. Y'all being taken care mm -hmm. of, but your records are contradictory to mm -hmm. that fact, right? And I'm saying, right. okay, that's that's fair. That's a fair call out. But when was the last time you called out Too Short? He married with a wife, right? Or E-40. He was like, like there, there are gangster rap. Snoop is married and faithful, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Jay Z married. Everybody like everybody living that life. But when was the last time you seen the the culture call out the men for doing the exact same thing and have been doing the exact same thing for longer than the women have? W what are your thoughts? They really, they rarely don't because it sounds cool on record. Um, but you got people need to learn how people still don't know how to separate reality from fantasy. Most of the stuff they talk about on those records, they don't live that. They don't live that out. They tell them stories, Ooh. and they know people. And they know people will be foolish enough to continue to buy into it. But nobody's telling. If if you had anybody around you that gave you any kind of sense, 
you know not to treat people like that. Hey, hey true. You know how you know how true. Yeah. Stay with me. I gotta come forward, but stay with me. Don't leave. True is cooking right now. When we come forward, more from the phone lines. We on fire for show. Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams. Williams. Only on KBLA Talk 1580. I can't tell you what it really is I can only tell you what it feels like And right now it's a steel knife in my windpipe I can't breathe but I still fight While well, I can fight As long as the wrong feels right It's like I'm in flight High off a law, drunk from my hate It's like I'm huffing pain I love her the more I suffer I suffocate right before I'm about to drown She resuscitates me She f***ing hates me And I love it Wait, where you going? I'm leaving you No you ain't come back We're running right back Here we go again when it's going good, it's going great I'm Superman with the wind in his back She's low as lame, but when it's bad, it's awful I feel so ashamed, now snap, who's that dude? I don't even know his name, I laid hands on him I never stoop so low again, I guess I don't know my own strength Just gonna stand there and watch me burn On the show, Seinfeld, which character is most likely to engage in physical violence against the other characters? That would be Elaine, Luke. Exactly right. Elaine, the female character. And what kind of violence? You know, so, so Jerry's like, oh, I have something to say. And she's like, get out, push. And she pushes. And then you ask on the CTS, when's the last time you pushed your spouse? Well, yesterday. But that doesn't mean that Jerry's going to the hospital. On the other hand, if Jerry pushed Elaine, which he doesn't do very often, there'd be a different impact. So there's been a lot of criticism of the CTS. The other thing is, if you, if you group together all the people who report any physical violence at all, you're grouping together people who say, yeah, I beat up my spouse, versus people who say, yeah, I pushed my spouse. And those might be different things. Let's take a look at what this data ends, tends to look like. So now this is from some data that um, was collected in uh, Tom Bradbury's lab that I collected for Tom back when I was a graduate student many years ago. So these are the physical violence items on the CTS that I was telling you about. So you can see how they're ranked. Threw something, that counts. Threw something, even if I didn't throw it at you, it counts. Why? Because it's saying that I'm capable of doing violence to you. It's a very physically threatening act. If I take a plate and I throw it on the ground, well, I could have thrown it at you. So it counts as a physically aggressive act. Now we get to push, grab, and shove, then slap, a little bit more extreme, kick, bite, and hit, it's more extreme. Hit or tried to hit. Not sure what the difference is between this hit and that hit. Beat up spouse, threatened with a knife or a gun, and use a knife or a gun. Well, you can see that this stuff here is very extreme and quite rare in the happy newlyweds that we're studying. Not, it's, not, it's not that it never happens. 
even in the Happy Newlands, but it's rare. Yes, what's your name? Melissa. No, this is self-report of what you personally did. Yep, I know what you're noticing there, Melissa. I noticed what you're noticing too. We'll get there in the very next slide. Okay, but let's just, let's, we'll get to that point that you're all thinking about. The point is this. I so, <laughs> that's a UCLA lecture. That's actually in the classroom where he's interfacing you know, Benjamin Carney, PhD, is interfacing with the students. And he's showing slides. And based off of the data from the CTS, what the CTS is saying is women are more violent than men. Right? It, the, in other words, more of it happens at their hand. But what he's also explaining is the CTS doesn't account for impact, which is why they don't like it. So although a woman pushing a man, he used Seinfeld's Elaine pushing somebody, according to the CTS, the act of pushing somebody is a form of aggression and violence. But clearly, a woman pushing a man doesn't have the same impact as a man pushing a woman. So that's the point he's trying to illustrate. And although women are more likely to commit moderate violence in a relationship. The severe stuff, the life-ending stuff, the majority of that happens from men to women. Uh, earlier in the show, you heard him say, only 2% of all relationships in the world can say, oh, a woman killed the guy from domestic violence. You heard him say that. Now, keep in mind, this is a lecture that we've been going through from 20, it's 13 years ago, 2010. All right, so, or just pay attention to that. All right, let's get True Monger back on here. True Measy, please finish your thought, my good brother, because you were cooking. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, speaking on how people don't know how, don't know reality for fantasy, and then a lot of the songs that you were describing earlier. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of foul language, but you, that's where comprehension comes in. A lot of times in those songs, they're just talking s, you know, playing around. And many of those songs, they're describing the characteristics of a woman, how they may act or things they may do to get what they want. And some are speaking on their experiences with certain individuals, and then. That people on the outside looking in think that describe think they're talking about all women, which that's never the case. Right. Because a lot of men be quick to say F that B and say, I love my mama. But if uh, well we have somebody, double standards though. We we, yeah. we treat our mamas and aunties and nieces and you know, daughters, we treat them different than we treat mm -hmm. the women we date. So let's not right. let's you know, there is a double standard there, True. Right, there is. But if at the same time, if somebody was treating their mama or their auntie that way, they'd be the first ones to be trying to fight. But they turn around and treat the women they're with exactly. like the women in the wreck. Exactly. Can't do that. I mean, at some point, if you had, like I said, if you had anybody around you that taught you any sense, you know reality from fantasy, you know treat people how you want to be treated, you know not to force yourself on anybody. 
I don't care what they put in their music. That's I don't right. care what kind of character they play on TV or whatever. That's right. You know better. Well, There's no excuse for that. And I get I get irritated with men making excuses for it. Or, oh, if she didn't want nobody to treat her like that, she shouldn't be talking about it in her songs. She shouldn't be acting like that in the video. I'm like, dude, she's playing a character. That's right. But most, but you got to remember, most people don't know they're playing a character. My son goes to Auburn. He's from California. Everybody on the team. So what are the Bloods and Crips like? They, mm-hmm. they, they, they feel like they. Most people don't know it's these guys are not really what they are or what they look like, what they feel like on records. Most as soon as mm-hmm. he goes to Auburn, they're going, "Oh yeah, what gang you in?" And what set, mm-hmm. their set, where you live, and the set you from, and it, it, whoa, <laughs> it's not that. Right. You understand? I got a daddy and a mama that got my back. We we ain't in the streets like that. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, sir, I get it. Well, Brother but, True, I appreciate it, man. I got to push, push, push. We're getting close to the end. Yes, sir. Thank you for tapping in. Thank you for the insight, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. We got callers. Who's been on the longest? Atala, Houston, Texas. Get in here. What up, Bob? How are you? I'm alive and well, turned up. You see me. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay, so I'm going to say this real quick. Um, so having seen, like, various generations of my family, women and my family deal with abuse. I'll say this. I feel like the abuse is still the same, right? So like it's bi-directional, meaning like man on woman, woman on man. Uh, but the reasons behind it is a lot different. Mm. Um, even in discussing stuff with my grandmother, like I'm like, you put on put all that? But, you know, the, the dysfunction is still there. So to me, you know, the issue is more so the... I guess you could say, like, the spiritual implications behind why we feud and why we have the disagreements that we have. I Wait. think if we can get down to that, then we can solve a lot of this. Atala, stay with me. We finna come forward. But, yo, you gotta finish. I need more. Houston, Texas is on fire. Atala, she's gonna keep it on fire when we come forward. There's more. Is it good to you? Good to you. More Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward. Come forward. You want some more? More. It's the voice of reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 1580. Obviously, obviously, the moderate aggression, and Strauss actually classified these aggressive acts as moderate. He called these things, through something, push, grab, or shove, or slapping, he called moderate aggression. Everything above that, he called severe aggression. Well, there's a lot more moderate aggression than severe aggression. Yes, there is. But there's a lot of severe aggression. And something you'll notice that maybe, well, what did you notice, Melissa? What's surprising you about this slide? It seems from this slide that the wives are more violent than their husbands. And indeed, that's the next myth. The myth is, well, 
only men are violent. Now, if you look at the CTS, which is A, the most hated measure in family violence literature, and B, the most used measure in family violence literature. So remember Strauss? Remember his study that showed that 12.1% of husbands report being violent in the last six months? 11.6% of wives in that study reported being violent as well. For a while, this was something you could not talk about. <laughs> Sheesh. We on fire tonight. I don't know what y'all doing. I know what we doing here at KVLA Talk 1580, the voice of reason. Lava topics, and we getting deeper and deeper. I love these discussions and conversations. We must have them, especially if we have daughters, if we have sons, we want to prepare them for, for intimate relationships. Man, we got to have these types of discussions. Atala from Houston was making her final thought. Let's get it in here. Come on, Atala. Sure. Okay, so my final point, um, because right, so whatever you allow is what will happen. So that, And that's on male and female side, right? Considering that our abuse in our community is bi-directional, right? So there should never be an allowance for abuse of any kind. And we're like literally just talking about physical, but we have yet to touch the surface of mental and verbal abuse as well. Yeah. Those are just as important and just as um, damaging to a person's psyche, and especially if you have children. So, I mean, that's that's really just it. Like, there's no reason why we should ever tolerate abuse from one another at in, any point, in my opinion. Thank you, love. I appreciate it. Atala from Houston, Texas. We on fire tonight. The calls are rolling in. Jay from Nashville, Tennessee. Get in here. Hey, family. Good evening. <clears throat> What's happening, bro? I just need you to keep it brief. Hit us with keep something. Keep it brief. Yes. Well, you, you know, one of the reasons I, I listen to your show is because I think you are really talking about redefining relationships. Yes. And and part of this is how do we deal with conflict? How do we deal with our traumas? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I have a friend. I can't think of one uh, woman who hasn't jumped on him. And it's just like one day I asked him, like, yo, man, like, is that, that what you like? Mm. And he was just like, I, I just... I don't think a relationship relationship unless we're having some type of conflict. So I think part of this conversation is we need to redefine what relationships look like and do better about how we deal with each other and how we, uh, we deal with conflict with each other. That's my two cents. Hey man, I appreciate the call. Thank you, Jay Nashville, Tennessee, Reggie, Reggie from Austin, Texas. Is that Reggie? Get in here. What's up? So, Man, um, just to, to comment on, on what the glass caller said, I think violence is um, a reaction to some unfulfilled way of, of expressing yourself. Um, we're only allowed to have only a, a couple of emotions. Either we're allowed to be hypersexual or we're just allowed to be strong and silent as as men. I, I mean, I'm just you know speaking in generalizations, but um, I think if men learn how to how to express themselves. Um, how to uh, have emotions that aren't fear-based and relationships that aren't fear-based and expectations that aren't fear-based, then I think the violence will stop. Um, it's a wheel of emotions, and you should express every one of them. Um, and I, in the meantime, while, they, while we're getting ourselves together, I can't stand a bully. And so if I see someone that's, that's abusing someone else, definitely I'm going to stop it. Uh, I'm going to step in and do what I got to do. But 
I think we have to develop mental mental care, uh, spiritual care, and 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 deal with it that way. Um, yep. You know what I mean? It's it's like you just don't wake up and just start jumping on somebody. That's right. It's a, it's 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 some pent up frustration that boils over and you don't know how to deal with it. And so you got to learn how to deal. And that's it, man. Appreciate it, Reggie. From Austin, Texas, we've been all over, all over the country tonight, and I appreciate everybody for calling in and sharing their insight. Listen, you hear us talk about shadow and masks and all of that stuff all the time, man. And trust me, man, psychological aggression is part of it. You know, you know you've picked the wrong man if you see verbal abuse in him. Him abusing others, uh, you, you can see as a combative uh, you know, dis- disrespectful, uh, violent type of communication, verbal abuse. It, listen, if he's not doing it to you, he will once he gets fed up with you. Uh, you're going to see some gaslighting. You're going to see some threats. You're going to see some intimidation. You're going to see some isolation. You're going to see some financial abuse. You're going to see some stalking. You're going to see some blaming. You're going to see withholding affection. You're going to see using children. This is how you know you got the wrong one. This is how you know you've got a toxic one. Do you understand? This is how you know. And then going even deeper, right? Uh, Controlling, jealousy, uh, quick involvement. Sometimes sisters, we want to be, you know, sisters want to be with somebody so badly they, they, they move too quickly. Right. And we might uh, the sisters might ignore the history of violence. They might ignore the substance abuse. They might ignore uh, the lack of empathy. you got to pay attention to all of these things uh, and then a- ask good questions. Find out the, the lowest low self-esteem. Does he have childhood trauma, mental health issues, substance abuse, learned behavior? All you got to do is observe. Right. All you got to do is observe lack of emotional regulation, sense of entitlement. These are things that will pop up that'll let you know this is not a good situation. And then on the point about hip hop and its influence, hip hop has it's the 50th anniversary. Hip hop has brought a lot of good things to our community It's brought self-expression, social commentary, fashion, entrepreneurship. Overall, hip hop has a profound positive impact on black culture, providing a platform for self-expression, social commentary and, and entrepreneurship, of course. But then there's a dark side of hip hop and that impact is negative misogyny, violence, materialism, drug use. So people tend to ignore that part of it. You know, hip hop's impact has been bittersweet and it has affected the way we relate. If our woman, if our women are garden tools, if our women are disposable, if our men are disposable, if our because, you know, the city girls have a style of hip hop. If our wallet is more important than our character, this is what these are the narratives and messages that are flowing through hip hop today. I need you guys to understand systemic racism, oppression and discrimination have a profound impact on black relationships, both at the individual and community level. These issues can manifest in various ways, including economic inequality, lack of access to education and health care and over policing and criminalization of black community. Now, here are some listen, here are some ways in which systemic racism, oppression and discrimination can impact us in our relationships, trust issues, 
economic inequality, mental health issues, family separation. Overall, systemic racism, oppression, and discrimination have a significant impact on black relationships, leading to a lack of trust, economic inequality, and all the other things we said before. Listen, we got a long way to go, but I'm calling the brothers out. Brothers, let's get together and rally around these youngsters and try to share with them. Try to share with them from our failures so they can use that as a step up. I appreciate everybody for tapping in. Up next, we got a brand new show, RSVP with Jill. It's going to be fire. Hey, I enjoyed it. I'll see y'all tomorrow with another slapper. Deuces. She fell in love with the wrong guy. So bad There was not enough Education in her world That could save life From this the together KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.